Hello and welcome to the More Confidence with Luna Gaia podcast. I'm your host, Lenaria Gaia, and here we talk all things body image, self-esteem, your thinking in your mind, how do you connect true to you in every part of who you are. I want you to know that all of you is welcome, so sit back and relax and listen to today's episode. Sending you love. Hello, my beauties, and welcome to another episode of the More Confidence with Luna Gaia podcast. I am your co-host, co-host. Here I am. It's me and me joining you today. <laughs> what an absolute hoot. I am your host, Lenaria Gaia, and I am passionate about teaching you how to fall madly, deeply, wonderfully, wholeheartedly in love with you and, more importantly, your life. Because you only got this one, Right. And even if you believe in reincarnation, even if you believe like I do that you are infinite spirits, that it will exist beyond all time, space and dimension. The truth is, is that you as you right now in this reality is the only time you get to do this. And right now in this present moment is where your life is happening. And this is the space where I want you to just be able to be full of joy, full of love, full of peace, full of happiness. And I know that you want that too which is why I create podcasts. <laughs> so I create podcasts, it's why I write books, it's why I do all my content online, it's why I run courses and do my coaching, because I know that for you, there is something deeper within you. Really, there is. There's, there's something beyond who you're being right now. There's a calling, there's an inkling, there is a little voice within inside of you that is edging you, saying, be happy. Let go of this. You don't need to hold on to all of this idea that you need to be someone else or have other things in order for you to be happy right now. This is a very special episode to me because in today's conversation, in hopes to, to, to inspire you and give you something to aspire to, I'm going to share with you today how I have followed my heart's calling over a long period of time <laughs> because I, I don't know about you but I see out there all the time these kind of zero to hero moments of people's stories you know like 12 months ago I was broke and now I'm a millionaire you know or even like 18 months ago I weighed 400 kilos and now I'm in the best shape of my life I find those stories although they can be, or in the past they have been inspirational to me, I find them wildly unrealistic. Because change does happen, yes, in a heartbeat because of decision that we're making. But to get physical results for things to actually change in our reality, it can take a significant period of time. Because you need to unbecome everyone, every version of you that you were that's led you to where you are right now in order for you to become who you are in the future. Yes, I believe in, in miracles. I believe that things can change in a heartbeat, and they do. We know that about the world. We know that one day we were cruising along pretty happily, and then boom, the whole world shut down, and all of your plans went out the window for several years. I want to share this with you because I know that you have something deeper within inside of you. I know that perhaps there is some kind of dream that you have. And maybe that's as simple as happiness. Maybe it's as simple as peace within yourself. And maybe it's as simple as you want to change the world. 
there's no judgment either way in any direction that you've got going here. I don't want you to judge yourself or know that, think that I'm judging you. Your dreams are relevant of what they are, are valid. Maybe that's to become a parent. Maybe it's to foster, foster animals. Maybe it's to build the best damn aquarium that you can in your living room. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be this big grandiose, I'm here on a mission to save the universe. It can be that I really, I want to get really good at growing cactus, cacti, <laughs> however you say that. Maybe that's what it is for you. I don't know what it is for you, but I've known what it's been for me for a really long time. And getting to understand how people have created a life of their dreams. How have people gone from, well, I'm working a job that I don't really like to a place where you get this ultimate freedom that seems so unattainable. In many ways in my life, I have done that. Honestly, surprisingly so to me sometimes. Sometimes I stop and I look around, I'm like, oh shit, I did the thing. I did the thing. I actually achieved the thing that maybe many, many years ago I was looking for and hoping for that I would get to eventually. To stop and to be able to recognize that and to notice that that's actually what's happened in my life is is absolutely a beautiful thing. And something that I've been working towards for a really long time that I will continue to cultivate and call in and make different choices. I want to share with you how. And over the next little while, not today, but in future podcasts coming up in 2024, I'm going to be interviewing a whole bunch of people who are living the life of their dreams, who are living life on their terms. That a lot of people would be like, how'd you get so lucky, right? What I know from people who are living a life of purpose, and that doesn't mean it's without problems. It doesn't mean that they have all their money sorted out. It doesn't mean that, you know, they have a perfect relationship or amazing body or whatever. I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of people who I believe are living a life on their terms. They've maybe created a business that supports them in their life. Perhaps they have a magnificent relationship. Perhaps it could be people who have just followed their heart's desires. And I'm going to interview people both locally here and, and, and across the world to find out what it is. What is it that makes people be able to live the life of their dreams? How can people live a life that is on their terms? Because I know that you want that, right? And that's why I'm going to start by sharing you my story of how maybe I got here, what's coming forward in the future. So to give you an, an idea of really kind of what to expect, I'll share a little anecdote with you. I was talking to a client just yesterday, and by the time that you listen to this recording, I would have been at a 10-day silent meditation retreat known as Vipassana. And it's the second time I'm doing it. And I was talking to my client about the fact that I am going going to do that. I'm going to be offline, just, just preparing her of where I'll be and when I'm coming back and all that kind of stuff. And she said to me, can I ask you a personal question? And for the record, my clients often ask me personal questions that I answer. <laughs> if you have any personal questions that you want to know about me or my life or how I do stuff, I'm an open book. You might need a magnifying glass in order to read me. <laughs> but I am an open book nonetheless. She says to me, how do you know that you're ready? I said, ready? She goes, how do you know that you're ready to do Vipassana, to go there and be silent for 10 days? And like with everything, I want to give her a real honest and thoughtful answer. 
she's not looking for a surface level answer from me, right? And very rarely I give anybody a surface level answer. I'm there to give her a real, honest, heartfelt answer. And what I said to her is, I knew that I had to go. I knew that I had to go, that I'd been feeling the inkling. I'd been getting this idea. It had come up lots and lots and lots of times. And it came a point where I was like, I have to act. And she said to me, so from the time that you first got the inkling, that first idea, to when you actually did it, what was the time frame? And I giggled because when I reflected upon it, truthfully, I realized that the very first time that I thought about doing a 10-day silent meditation retreat was in 2010. It was 2010 that I actually enrolled. I looked it up and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go do that. And for whatever reason, I bailed, right? I didn't end up going ahead and uh, doing, I canceled my registration. I didn't end up going. It wasn't until 2018, eight years after the initial inkling towards, I think I'm going to go do that, or I'd like to go do that, that I actually did it. And then it's been another five years from the first time I did it, where I thought I'll come back and do that again to doing it now. So from the very first time that I thought about doing this in 2010 to actually executing on it for the second time, it's been 13 years. And my client was almost stunned. She's like, wow, thank you. And I said, well, what for? She said, well, very often when I think about like who I want to be and what I'm changing and what I want to move in towards, like who I'm becoming, I think that it needs to be done now. And I think that the timeline, I expect so much of myself, she says, I expect that I'm going to be able to do this or that or go over there within a year, within six months, within like, you know, 45 minutes. And again, although change absolutely happens in an instant and the decision to go to Vipassana happens in an instant and me rocking up to that 10 day silent meditation retreat happens in an instant, the the person that we become you know, there's a saying that says, that says the universe, the universe is giving you everything you need to become the person you need to be to have everything you want. Think about that for a second. The universe is giving you everything you need to become the person that you need to be to have everything that you want. You want to be a more patient individual? The universe is going to give you traffic. <laughs> so you can practice patience. How else do you practice self-love if you don't have self-doubt? How else do you practice compassion for yourself if you're not being cruel to yourself? We have all these experiences of lacking and doubt to give us the opportunities to make different choices. So that then we can go, actually, in that moment, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to hinder myself. I'm going to do something different. And so through what I'm about to share with you, I really want you to understand that this for me personally hasn't been an overnight success, right? It hasn't been something that it's like from the very first time that I became a coach and decided that I wanted to have life on my terms. That was literally, I want to have life on my terms and I was doing something actually about it. As in, I'm becoming a coach and I'm learning how to start a business. That 
was 2000 and stretching my memory here for a second here. I think it must have been 2010, the end of 2010. And at time of recording here, we're looking about the end of 2023. You know, people are like, oh, I made $200,000 in my first 12 months as a coach. Some people do that. I didn't. And the reason I share with you the fact that I didn't is because I want you to not give up. <laughs> I want you to keep going in the pursuit of your dreams. I want you to continue on with a realistic expectation or at least a different version of it. I'm not saying that you need to take 13 years to get to this point. I'm not saying any of that. If you can do it in 12 months, rock on. But I just want you to know that that's not the most common experience. And you'll see in this interview series that I'm doing next year in early 2024, what you're gonna notice is that the story is very, very similar. When you speak of to anybody who is living a life of purpose, if you're speaking to a musician who's living the life of their dreams, if you're speaking to someone who is, you know, um, highly successful in business, they have been at it for a long freaking time. Lizzo, 12 months before she went big, was living in her car. But she showed up to her gig. She showed up to her craft. She showed up to what she was passionate about, what she believed in, the calling of her heart. She continued to. And sure, not everybody gets the kind of famous success and, and money that comes that, that Lizzo has gotten. But if you keep doing it, if you never give up, you will be somewhere. But if you decide, well, oh, well, it's not happening for me because it, because it didn't happen in 12 months or two years or five years or 10 years. To me, I want you to really take away from this conversation that if you spend the rest of your life pursuing your dreams, in my opinion, you've spent it well. Because the time is going to pass anyway, my friends, isn't it? How fast has the last 10 years of your life gone? That time is going to pass anyway. You may as well make deliberate steps forward to go after the things that you want in your life. You may as well. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Because if you don't go after your dreams, if you don't go after what is inside of your heart, your life passes and you get to the end and you've never given it a shot. And you haven't gotten your dreams. Right? So that's the alternative. If you then go after your dreams and you give it a shot, 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 year after year, decade after decade, you keep doing the thing that you want to do in your life, you will get better at it. And just say you never reach that high levels of success that you're looking for in your life and you never become world famous, but you've spent 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life pursuing it. I tell you what, when you die, you'll die very happy because you went for it. You went for it. Isn't that what life is about, that you went for it? We don't get to the end of our lives and, and regret the things that we have done, you know, unless they're hurtful. We would get to the end of our lives and we regret the things that we have not done. We regret not going after our dreams. We regret not saying the things and having the courage to do what we wish we always would have. And so this story is to inspire you. Realistically, <laughs> call me your uh, realistic inspirational speaker. Yeah, because I want to give you the truth as much as I want to give you the, the results. What's the point of just telling you that like, oh, one day and everything was great. It's 
bull. It's absolute nonsense and I do not prescribe to it. There's no toxic positivity around here, my loves. You know, I'm reminded of that Van Gogh quote that says, if there is a voice inside of you that says you cannot paint, by all means paint and that voice will be silenced. You got to do the thing and you'll do it scared and you'll fail and you, you think that you suck and you won't be able to do it. And then you keep showing up day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. And one day you're going to turn around and go, holy moes, I just hit the top of the mountain. And then you get to the top of the mountain, you enjoy the view and it's spectacular. And you look up over to your right and you see another mountain and you're like, lucky I know how to climb. Or you set up camp and you love the view that you've got from here. <laughs> I want you to show up for yourself. So how have I done this? How? How did I create a life of my dreams? How have I come to a place where I can, you know, sit here on a Friday morning recording podcasts, hanging out with you all beautiful humans while, you know, while money is coming into my bank and I serve and do something that is absolutely dear to my heart? How has that happened? Because five years ago, I was working a job that I didn't love. I was still doing this, by the way, and I'm just going to share with you in the story. I was still doing this five years ago, but I was in a job to support that dream because at that point, it couldn't support me. Ten years ago, ten years ago, I was working for the school that I learned how to coach at, trying to make it out on my own. Fifteen years ago, I'm racking my own memory here. Fifteen years ago, I'm traveling the world as a backpacker out on my own. Twenty years ago, I hated myself. I had terribly low self-esteem and I thought that the biggest and bestest thing that I could ever possibly imagine to do with my life was to lose weight and get a boyfriend. Let's have a look at the point where so much of this pivoted for me. Yes, I had gone overseas and that was something that I didn't think was possible. I really, I really didn't think it was possible. And you know the reason why I didn't think it was possible, my friends? is because when I saw the images of the girls on the posters, you know, the Kentucky Tour posters or the, the travel brochures, they all wore tight singlets with a pair of like denim shorts and, and they had their backpacks on with a happy smile and they were skinny. And I genuinely, genuinely thought that I couldn't go traveling until I was skinny. I'm sure that you can, many people of you can relate to this. I can't do that until I'm skinny. Turns out you don't need to wait until you're skinny to go traveling. In 2006, I applied for a show called Big Brother. I'm sure you've heard of it. 2006, it was kind of a brand new series, only been out for a few years. And I had decided that I wanted to go for it because at that time, I thought that if I could become famous, then I would be loved and then I'd be whole and complete. And I went through the audition process, the cattle call, and I actually got into the top 30. And you wouldn't know me from that at all because I didn't get onto the show. 28 people went into the house that year and I was in the top 30. I had signed contracts. I had done all the like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm from, you know, I'm from Canberra. I'm 22. I had done all of that, all the little snippets that you have to do for the videos, I was set to go, ready to go into the house at a moment's notice. And when I didn't get into the first 
round, you know, when the initial housemates got in, I was on standby for 24 hours notice for three months that I would be put in as an intruder at any point in time. That was the level to which I got to in my big brother journey in 2006 for the 2007 show. It took nine months worth of auditions. When the show finished and I didn't get in, I was gutted. And I felt this desperate need to like, I have to go do something with my life. I can't keep living the way that I'm living. I can't just be here in what I thought at the time, shitty old Canberra, which is Australia's capital for, for my international listeners. I didn't want to be in this, you know, shitty small town and living the same life. You know, that calling that you have that I don't, I don't want to live this small life that I'm living. Now, mine at the time came from a whole bunch of insecurity and a whole bunch of shame and, and self-doubt. But there was always this yearning within me that I wanted something more or bigger or different for myself. And so even though I was absolutely terrified, I saved a whole bunch of money while waiting to get on the Big Brother show and took myself overseas. And for two years, I traveled Europe, scared, oftentimes alone, but I traveled Europe and I, I you know, went to something like I don't know, 28 countries in two years. And what I did during those two years was start to make decisions about who I wanted to be. Perhaps like you have done in the past, or maybe you're doing that now. Who do you want to be? I knew for myself that the life that I had left behind back in Australia and back in Canberra was not the person I wanted to be. I didn't want to be someone who sat around at the pub drinking on a, on a weekend. I didn't like it, but it's who I was and kind of trapped in that environment. So I set out to make different choices. Two years after I set out to go overseas, a, a tragedy in the family of some description brought me back, brought me back. and. That actually brought me back to live in Melbourne. And so I was there supporting my family member who's going through some stuff. And I moved to Melbourne to, you know, do what I had to do for my family. Within the 12 months that I, that I was living there, I, that calling with inside of me, that itchiness, that was like, I've just lived overseas for two years. It was an amazing thing. But what am I doing with my life? By this point, I was probably, hmm, let's call it 26. What am I doing with my life? Where am I going? What do I want to have? And I realized for myself with a lot of introspection and a lot of spending time with myself that what was important to me was to be able to help others. The people that already always come to me for advice and I really liked giving it. So maybe I could do that professionally. So I applied to university to become a counselor. And when I got into university, I just thought to myself, I don't want to spend four years doing that. <laughs> I really don't. And the path that I chose was to become a coach. And I went down the path of life coaching, of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And during that time for my coach training, they kept telling me that to live the life of your dreams is not for the faint-hearted. That's what they kept saying. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, up until that point, I had honestly thought that people who lived a big, shiny, amazing, magnificent life were lucky. How'd you get so lucky? They're just lucky bastards is what my family would say. They're just people, you know, it, it's, it's good for some, but not for others. And I'm not that kind of person. But all of a sudden, my world started shifting and my mindset started changing. I want you to notice something about yourself, that my mindset was shifting. Your mindset needs to shift. And to hang on a second, if living the life of your dreams is not for the faint hearted, and they tell me that failure is the recipe for success, that if you, have, if you are not successful yet, you just haven't failed enough. 
and you're not failing forward and learning from your mistakes. If those two things were true, then that means that everybody who's living the life of their dreams has failed more than me and they have a hell of a lot more courage than I do. They're going after it. They're pursuing it. So without really even knowing it consciously back in those days, I recognized that, well, so maybe that's what I have to do. Maybe I need to keep pursuing it. Maybe I need to just keep going. Fortunately, slash unfortunately, you can be the read of this. If you followed me for long enough, you'll know this part of my story. Fortunately, unfortunately, I, I call it fortunate. I'm very grateful for this event that happened in my life. In the beginning of 2011, just four months after becoming a coach, like tra- like, like training to be my to be to become a coach and starting a business and doing this kind of stuff, my brother, who was only 19 months older than me, he passed away suddenly. So we found out that he had a, a brain tumor in the end of December, and then by mid January he was dead. And he was 28 at the time, and I 27. And as you can possibly imagine, that was pretty darn life-changing. Harrowing, devastating. It was the single hardest thing I ever had to experience in my entire life. I was absolutely crushed. I had never known existence without my big brother. And for a long time, he was my hero. Actually, for my whole life, he was my hero. He was the one I looked up to. He was the one that kept me safe in high school from the bullies. He bullied me a lot at home, but, you know, that's par for the course. He was this guiding light for me, and he was gone, snuffed out of existence. And over the next, what do I want to call that, one, two, three, five years, I came to realize something really important, that this is all going to (laughs) end. This whole opportunity to wake up every day and do something different is no longer going to be here in the future. And what I realized when my brother's passing was that maybe that future is sooner than I think it is. You know, like he's 28, I'm 27. How dare I assume that I'm going to be able to get to old age? Maybe I won't. Maybe you won't. How do I know? I just turned 40. I've had 12 years longer than my brother ever got. And when he died, I inadvertently made a commitment to myself that I would live my life. And so to say that, oh, yes, yeah, suddenly, all of a sudden, I was free of my eating disorder and I was free of my self-doubt and my limitations and I had no fear and I just went for everything in my life. That's not entirely true. I struggled. I got help. I work with coaches. I saw therapists. I went to healing By the way, I do all of those things now still, because what I know and what you'll notice from last week's episode 161 is that it's our conditioning that is holding us back. It's our programming. So in order for us to be the successful version that we want to be, the the happy, the fulfilled, following the life of our dreams, we have to go beyond our conditioning that says that we can't. I didn't grow up with a family that was like all enthusiastic and say, go after your dreams. No, my family was often like good old Aussie battlers. And an Aussie battler means that everything's hard and rich people suck and don't be successful. That's the kind of environment that I grew up in. It wasn't this loving, supportive, go after kind of vibe. And maybe if that's true for you, maybe you listen to this podcast, maybe you're not. 
but for me, that's not how it was, was. So I had to unravel all that conditioning and I continue to unravel that conditioning to this day. You know, I started living this life, this life of, well, I'm going to go after what I want. And I, I kept working at my business and learning my craft and I was coaching the entire time, but I was scared. I was also in a relationship with a partner at the time who wasn't really on board with the personal development stuff. He wasn't against it. He just wasn't on board. And so he didn't understand that, that in order to go after your dreams, you're going to have to take some risks. And so for a long time, I kind of played in mediocrity. I wanted to put myself out there and I was doing it more. I started my podcast in 2017. So it's been six years now. I started doing all that kind of stuff, making content and putting myself out there and building my craft. But I wasn't full time and I had to work a job and I worked several jobs and I didn't really like any of them. And about five years ago, I realized that after maybe about nine years of being in a relationship with my partner, and although I loved him, I was unhappy, deeply unhappy. I was commuting an hour a day into the city of Melbourne to work in a job that I didn't like, that felt like it was sucking it out of me, even though I was pretty good at it and had lots of freedom within that job, I just, I wasn't happy. And I'd spent all this time commuting in traffic and I had to, you know, I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to fit everything in, in my life and have relationships and see people and, and constantly flogging myself all the time. And so four and a half, four years ago, so, you know, about a year or so later, I, I made the most harrowing decision I've ever made in my life. And that was to leave my relationship and not only leave my relationship, but, but leave where I lived. I left Melbourne. I'd lived there for 10 years. And that was even, even with the death of my brother, that was the hardest thing I ever had to do because I was the one that had to do it. You know, when my brother died, it was not by much choice, right? Like I just had to deal with it. But this was, I have to rip the bandaid off. I have to be the one that do it, does it? If anybody knows the difference between bungee jumping and skydiving, <laughs> this is how I put it. When you first skydive, up until you can do it on your own, someone's strapped to your back, right? And they sit behind you and, and you don't have to jump out of the plane. They just kind of push you with their own body. You don't have to do much about it. Sure, you got to get in the plane, but you just, you fall out. You don't have to do any of that. But when you bungee jump, you're on your own and you're on a little plank. I've bungee jumped off a, off a crane and there's like a 10 kilo ball hanging from my feet that I have to put over the edge and then I have to jump out. To me, when my brother died, it was like skydiving. I just was pushed out. But with leaving my partner, I had to jump. And I spent a solid year crying, praying, and doing work on myself, pursuing this, sinking into my work. I was heartbroken constantly, but I was showing up to my dreams showing up to my dreams, showing up to my dreams, bushfires, pandemic. I had a pregnancy in there as well. All sorts of different things. That's a podcast for a whole nother story. <laughs> During the last four years, I have made a committed decision to find a way to make it work. Living in my mum's basement, so to speak, kind of on her property, you know, like not eat, not going out, not having friends, not, you know, not spending money so that I could pursue this dream of making this happen full time and going all in on myself. And it is hard. 
it's joyous. I have a whole bunch of freedom. I have a whole bunch of a beautiful life that I get to lead now that I will continue to cultivate. Please don't get me wrong here. Like, don't mince my words. To live the life of your dreams is not for the faint-hearted because it is hard. It is hard. I've been on this journey of like, hey, I want to live a life on my terms very deliberately since 2010. But even before that and traveling overseas and wanting to go big brother, there's been an inkling within my soul since I was young, 18, 15. That's 25 years. Know, my friends, that you are a masterpiece. Know that to get to somewhere like this where you get to live a life of your dreams is going to take you to show up when it's hard regularly. <laughs> yeah? That's why your mindset is so important. That's why doing all this work that I teach you here in in my podcast, certainly in my courses, Claim Your Confidence, coming up in 2024, Claim Your Confidence will be here very, very soon. And certainly in the free confidence training that I'm doing in the beginning of December, there is nothing that can replace mindset and action. If you don't have the right mindset, you're going to keep sabotaging yourself. You're never going to take the action that's required. But understand that you're going to have to do it scared. You're going to have to do it hard. You're going to have to do it, you know, lost sometimes. And there are times, even this year, when I made a decision to work with a coach of mine recently, three months and it cost me $9,000. And when that when she told me that's how much it was, I was like, holy moly, like, goodness gracious, nine grand for three months. I was like, whew, that for me was a big investment. It really was. But that investment changed my freaking life. As it has every single other time that I've invested, I, I generally average about 10, 15 grand a year in my own personal development and have done over holidays, over meals out, over um, presents, over possessions, over experiences. I've chosen to invest in myself a time and time and time and time again because I know that when I invest in my mindset, when I do the clearing, life gets better. And as a result of that, I tend to have more money, I have more freedom, I have more health, I have more happiness. So I could go on a holiday that cost me 10 grand or I could go and be with a coach for three months that's going to cost me 10 grand and nine times out of 10, I'm going to choose the coach because I know what it gives me long term. It's an investment in myself. There are five things that I really want to leave you with in today's conversation about how to follow the life of your dreams, how to, how to pursue your soul's desire. The first one is listen and trust. You're busy. You're too busy. You don't spend enough time actually listening to what's the calling of your heart. You're distracting yourself by busyness, by phones, by drama, by food, by, by scrolling, whatever it is, you're distracting yourself. So I want you to listen. I want you to slow down and really listen to yourself and trust what you're hearing. That's number one. Number two here is courage. <laughs> you're going to have to do it scared. And that's what courage is. Courage is doing it scared. Understand that. It's not about going, oh, I'm so brave. I'm never afraid of anything. Crap. Courage is doing it scared. Number three, act consistently. You've got to show up regularly. And the more consistent you show up, the more consistent your results are going to be. And the sooner you're going to get them. For many of you who know and watch my podcast before or know my story, I, four and a half years ago, decided that I wanted to learn how to play the piano. And I show up to play the piano at least 10 minutes every single day when I'm near my piano for the last four and a half years. And now I can play piano all right. I'm going to keep doing it. Act consistently towards your dreams and things will change. 
Number four, you're going to have to adapt. It's not always going to go the way that you want it to. It's just not. Things might happen. They're going to happen along the way. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. It's not going to turn out the way that you want it to. Adapt. Learn and adapt. And finally, number five, keep going. Keep going. As I said before, the your life is going to end anyway. The, past, the time is going to pass irrelevant of whether or not you pursue your dreams. Keep going. You'll get tired. Rest. Get back up again. You'll fall. Rise once more. Keep going. Listen and trust, number one. Number two, have courage. Number three, act consistently. Number four, you're going to need to adapt. And number five, keep going, rest and get up. And for you, my loves, I hope that you pursue your dreams. And if you want to change your mindset, if you want to feel more confident, if you know that you've got to work with the negative self-talk that is holding you back and the fear that maybe is holding you back, come and join my free magnetic confidence training that's coming up December 4 to 8. December 4 to 8, we have five beautiful days together where I am going to teach you online. So no matter where you are in the world, online I'm going to teach you how to overcome your fear, how to deal with your negative self-talk and how to deal with your emotions. It starts next week. So make sure you go ahead and click the link in the bio down the bottom. All the calls are recorded. So if you miss out on any of that, you'll be able to have all that content for life. So go ahead and click the link down there. It'd be wonderful to see you here. I hope that you join us. Thank you for being here. May you follow your soul's calling. And until next time, my loves, happy self-loving. Thank you so much for listening to the More Confidence with Luna Guy podcast. I hope you feel more confident, more self-assured, and ready to go tackle the world's problems and maybe kick ass in some of your dreams. If you haven't already, I would love for you to like and subscribe, follow, and maybe leave a review so that other people know how to find this awesome podcast too. If you're wanting to sink your teeth into something even more juicy, my number one best-selling book, Perfectly Imperfect, Your Complete Guide to Loving Yourself and Loving Your Body, is now available on all good bookstore sites, both in print, digital, and I narrated it for Audible as well. If you think the coaching or maybe one of my courses is for you, why not head to www.moreconfidence.com.au and get in touch and see if we can talk. And of course, you can find me all across the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, which is where you're probably listening now, or maybe even here on the podcast platform. Sending you big love and wishing you a beautiful day.